I think the other thing is because I'm such a woman focused business, it also opens me up to go to look internationally, you know, because I've had that experience in, in Vietnam, I've had that experience in, in Thailand, I can relate, I can actually work with people from those areas and be able to share my experience. And they always find that intriguing. And it's also a great way to bond with them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not as fantastic. So yeah, in a way it is the, it's just, it's broadened me, you know, I, it's just that life experience. And I see things in such a very different way than somebody who's never left their hometown or has never left the United States. So absolutely. Fear stops us from achieving our true greatness. Are you a professional woman who is feeling stuck, unmotivated, or burned out? Are you worried about your wellness? Are you letting fear stop you from crushing your goals? If you answered yes to any or all of these, then this is the podcast for you. Dr. Charmaine Gregory, Night Shift Emergency Physician, Burnout Thriver, and Wellness Champion, along with everyday heroes just like you, will explore how to face fear in our lives and emerge victoriously. Dr. Gregory here. Did you know that I'm on YouTube as well? You can find me at Charmaine Gregory MD. See you there. Here. Hello, 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 Fearless Freedom Tribe. This is Dr. G. And we are back for another exciting episode of the Fearless Freedom with Dr. G podcast. Today we have Shannon Kirkendall, and she's going to tell us all about herself and all of the things that she is up to. Take it away, Shannon. Hi, Charmaine. Thank you for having me as a guest on your Fearless Freedom podcast. Um, I'm honored that uh, you said to come on. So um, a little background about myself. I am a business owner. Um, I help women uh, with their LinkedIn presence primarily. I also offer LinkedIn training as well as fractional CMO support. Uh, I spent 2017 through 2019, traveling around the world while building my business. Um, I was really blessed to find myself in an opportunity to do that. And uh, I have uh, one daughter who's grown and um, my lovely little dog, Chico, who is my little faithful companion, my travel buddy. Awesome, 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 awesome. So there's a lot of things you gotta tell us. Uh, first of all, how did you even get into this? Like, how did you even get into uh, the situation where you're able to travel around the world building a business? So uh, it was right about the time of the presidential campaign in 2016. And I had already made the decision that I was going to leave the country for obvious reasons. And so in the process of doing that, I had been doing research on organizations that uh, provided travel for digital nomads. And I was kind of in, in between, I'd had a marketing agency, a full service marketing agency prior to that. And I was transitioning to full service LinkedIn services and a company called Remote Year showed up and they had several different travel programs. And so the one that I chose was called Sisu. We okay. did 12 countries in 12 months, uh, started off with 38 people. And by the time the year was up, there was about 20 of us still traveling together. And uh, yeah, it was, 
it was an amazing, like there was just so much, it was an amazing time. We did, we had co-working spaces in each of the, the countries we lived in. Uh, we had a That's support awesome. team. Yeah, it was like, we had a support team. So people that lived in the country that knew the culture uh, that also spoke English. Um, and again, the people that I traveled with were from, from all over the world. Um, at least that's how it started. But by the time my particular program ended, it was mostly the Americans that were still there and a few Canadians. Okay. Um, but we had what were called city teams. So they really immersed us in the culture. Uh, we had co-working spaces um, at each of the cities. We also had our own apartments. Well, some months we had our own apartments. Other months we might have one or two roommates that were within our group that we were traveling with. And the thing with remote year, our group name was Sisu which means overcoming the odds. Um, they had other groups that were traveling around the same time that okay. had other groups of people. So we would cross paths in airports when we were switching destinations. And so, um, yeah, it was like some of my favorite times were being able to get immersed into the culture of the country that I was in, like Vietnam or Chiang Mai, uh, Kuala Lumpur, uh, South Africa, we were in Cape Town for Cape Town, South Africa for a month. Um, and then a long, a long time in Latin America in various countries. So, yeah. Ask, that ask sounds away. fabulous. That sounds like a great experience. You know, like I'm a big, big fan of travel. <laughs> big fan. You know, because I like I personally feel that the more that you see of the world is the broader your mind will be and it just is just so enriching you know and um yeah and so i uh i'm loving i'm loving that i love that love that love that and yeah, um that. yeah so that's cool that you were in vietnam though because i live on that side of the world i don't live in vietnam but um i live in guam but okay. vietnam is on this side and so it's neat that you were able to come on this side of the world and and experience countries here um, because it's a lot. Asia has a lot to offer. And, does, you know, I think we tend not to realize it when we live in the States or Canada. We may not realize it. So, you know, it's it's great to, that you got an opportunity to experience that. Yeah, it was. I mean, going from the U.S. to Hanoi, which was the first city that we were going to be living in. Mm -hmm. Hanoi, well, Vietnam in general is not for the faint of heart. No. Um, so you need to have a strong stomach and you need to uh, have Frogger playing in the back of your mind whenever you're crossing, oh, crossing the, street. the street. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like it is. It, but it but it's invigorating. The energy in Vietnam is invigorating. It, I think that's I, that's just how I felt. I did get sick quite a bit while I was there, but it's mostly because I was adjusting to being in a different country. My body was adjusting. And so that first month was kind of rough for me. But by the time I got to Chiang Mai, I was like in good shape. I didn't I didn't get sick again after that at all. So it was a really good year after that. Oh, fantastic. That's great. Yeah. And then how so how was um South Africa for you? How was that? South Africa was different from Asia, <laughs> very different from Asia. So I, so I'm a wine drinker. And okay. so I knew that South Africa had some amazing wine regions. So I took advantage of that, went wine okay. tasting and, uh, the, and of course the names, it'll come to me in a little bit, but there's like yeah, three sure, different, sure. there's three different wine regions within the Cape town, South Africa area that are all within like an hour to two hours. So I, I did that. 
Stellenbosch was one of them. Um, the other one will come to me as we're talking, I'm sure. Um, we did a catamaran out into the bay, like nice, just life. Like there was yes. so much life. Yeah. Um, it yeah. was intimidating. I am a fair skinned person. So it was a little intimidating, but at the same time, you know, I, if it weren't for the fact that we had a city team there with us, that would, you know, that really made the difference because they would advise us on the best places to go as far as like, you know, you shouldn't be in this part of town after sure. a certain time, that kind yeah. of thing. Um, and we were, but that's, actually, but that's good. That's good advice for any city. <laughs> pretty, pretty much. No matter where you yeah. are. No matter where you are. Um, there was I, the food, the food is outstanding. Um, I got to spend the day with uh, some cheetahs in a cheetah rehab center. Oh, wow. So, which was really, really cool. I've got some pictures of me with a couple other people petting the cheetah. They kept I'd be a little intimidated to do that. I'm like, um, these are like wild animals. I kept wanting to go, you know, when you rub your cat, you kind of want to go to their belly. And I kept like, there was just instinctual. I wanted to do that. And the, the guy that is with us, he's like, please stop doing that. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Cause it was, cause I, you know, cause you, they're t- like, they're not tame. I mean, it's right. They're wild. But, <laughs> but this, the particular cheetah that they had us with was one that was pretty docile. They'd been with them for a really long time and was taken and protected. So they're in protective captivity, basically. Right, so, right, right. Um, but yeah, South Africa, gorgeous. Um, I remember going shopping quite a bit. Gosh, like I would go back. I would definitely go back. So many people that I traveled with fell in love with Cape Town. Like, oh, really? I've heard good things. That's why. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. And it's just again, it's full of life and the food like the cities we went to were definitely foodie cities. Like if you're a foodie, like travel the world, like just dip your foot into or dip your hands into whatever you can get your hands on, because we did what's called a brekkie, which is a barbecue. In oh, nice. South Africa. So we did a traditional one of those uh, out on a winery. So, and the it, country's beautiful. Like, it's just, it's a beautiful country. So, yeah. Oh, Amazing. fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> and then by the time you got to South America, there's a whole other flavor. So, of goodness. We, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it was South Africa and from South Africa to Buenos Aires. So, Argentina. Yeah. Okay. And that was a that was probably about a 20, 20 hour kind of flight difference from there. Yeah. So it was a really long flight. And what's weird is it was in July. And so July in the United States is really hot. Yes. In Argentina, chilly. it's winter. Yeah. So that was a shock to my system. Um because I'd be gone at that point, it was the six month mark. And so right. I hit a wall. I hit, um, I hit a good bout of depression. It also happened to be the same month that, uh, uh, Anthony Bourdain had committed suicide. Okay. And so it was a really, it was a really rough month for me yeah. emotionally. And so thankfully we all had our own apartments in the same building. Okay. So my need to recluse, I was able to do that. Um, okay. And then God bless the, you know, my, the group of people that I was surrounded with, like the they people that I got you, really huh? close with. Yeah. They checked in on me. Oh, good. And made good. sure I was doing good. So, good. but it was nice to have that support and it's cause that's, you know, travel is fun and great, but you know what? Travel can be really hard on the psyche and on the system. And you're going from culture to culture to culture without any form of a break. And so it can take a lot out of you. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. For sure. 
Okay, cool. And then, um, so during this time, you were doing your marketing work? Yes or no? Yeah. Oh, okay. During that time, I was I still reaching out to do. So what I use LinkedIn for is I use it for lead generation and content creation. And that's how I bring awareness to my business. And so since it was really new at that time, I'd had enough clients to at least get me to the point where I could leave the country. Because once you pay the down payment, it's then $2,000, or at least at that time it was $2,000 a month. So I just viewed it as rent. And so I was able to continue to bring on new clients while I was traveling. Now, I did not tell people that I was traveling during that time. I kind of tested it out, to be honest sure, with you. Sure. Because some people were like, oh, I don't know how I feel about you traipsing all over the world. That's a concern. That's a concern. So for as long them, as I get some, the work done, what's the matter? <laughs> that's that's my attitude about it. But for some, it's for some, it's like out of jealousy. Like, oh, I see. I see. I see. How dare you? Right, right, right. <laughs> the audacity why, why of you. Why do I? I I tend not to even go to that frame of thought. Like I'm like, what? Okay, why? Why? But you're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah, because they'll let you know, like the audacity yeah, yeah. that you that yeah. you're calling me and you're traveling the world and. I'm stuck at home with my five children. That's not my problem. I didn't right, have the five right. children. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Even if you have five, it's still a choice. You can still travel with with them. So yes, it's can. always a choice. <laughs> There's always ways to do it. I think that's the big thing is that I found a way. You know, I knew for, for a very long time that I wanted to travel, but I was a young mom. You know, I had my daughter when I was in my early 20s. And so I was mom up until about 2015 and she moved out of the house and moved in with her boyfriend, who's now her husband. And gotcha. so, you know, to me, it was like, I looked at it as, okay, well, you've moved out. That right. means I'm free. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, I just did some traveling. I tested out the theory of owning a business and being able to travel. And so I started off by doing that in the United States first with my dog, Chico, and then transitioned to traveling the world. So, That's but right. I've been, That's I've right. been pretty much U.S. based since the pandemic. Well, yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah. Um, that definitely put a damper on a lot of things. Um, yes, but, uh, but just imagine, I mean, what, I mean, the, the thing about it is that now, I mean, these experiences that you had when you did that year are definitely pivotal and they contribute to your business, right? Because your perspective Absolutely. is going to be quite different and that is going to bring value to your clients, right? No matter what, on, on many levels. That so Absolutely. that's that's pretty neat. I mean, that's a selling point. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you use it as a selling point, but. Hey, it's Dr. G, and I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank you for listening to this episode. I'm so honored to have you here with me. Did you know that I can help you to get your own podcast started? With my podcasting launch course for professionals, I walk you through everything you need to know about starting a podcast. I'm with you every step of the way from sign up to launching your show with five episodes ready to go. There's a done for you version that's also available. If you would just rather just do recordings and leave the behind the scenes work up to us, then that one is definitely for you. 
But either way, we've got your back here at Fearless Freedom with Dr. G. Oh, if you already have a show and you need production services, we have monthly plans available for you. So check out the links in the episode show notes for more information. Let's get back to the show. It's definitely something that I talk to people about when I'm having my conversations with clients and we're getting to know each other. Those are things that we talk about. I think the other thing is because I'm such a woman focused business, it also opens me up to go to look internationally, you know, because I've had that experience in, in Vietnam. I've had that experience in, in Thailand. I can relate. I can actually work with people from those areas and be able to share my experience. And they always find that intriguing and it's also a great way to bond with them. Absolutely, absolutely, no, that's fantastic. So yeah, in a way it is. The, it's just, it's broadened me, you know, I, it's just that life experience and I see things in such a very different way than somebody who's never left their hometown or has never left the United States. So. Absolutely, absolutely. And so when you were doing all of that, was there any fear involved? All the time. It, my, so my fears always stem from doing it the first time. Okay. It's that the very first time fear, because you just, you don't, it's the, I don't know what I don't know fear. And so there was a lot of that. Probably my biggest fear was when we were heading to Morocco. Morocco gave me the most anxiety out of any of the countries that were on the list. And that was because when you go through the, um, the it's not the Medina. Um, they're the different little areas where you can go in and shop. I want to call it a Medina, but I don't think that's what it's called. But they're most of the shops are the, if there's a man in front of them. And when you're walking through these these alleys and streetways to get to these main squares, there's a lot of manhandling. And I don't oh, really? like that. There's a lot of aggressiveness. Oh. Yeah, okay. there's just a lot of aggressiveness. And this is what I was told. So it's a preconceived notion that I had that I took in someone else's experience. I see. And okay. so I avoided going into the Medina in Marrakesh because of that until literally the last five days okay. of being in Morocco. And I was like, why did I do that to myself? Why did I psych myself? like out of doing something because my experience was phenomenal. Like I, okay. ate you didn't have any of that rest. aggression or none of that. Like the, the items in the shops that I was looking at were beautiful. I was looking for a particular dress and we find, found the shop. A friend, one of the guys in my group helped me find the shop because he had been all through the Medina. Oh, Again, I, see. I think it's called a Medina, but um, it's like a square. It's just a square of shops and alleys. Um, but my experience was really good, you know, and then being able to stay in a Riyadh, you know, the Riyadh is that really beautiful, like you're, the rooms kind of open up into this. It's like like a courtyard. Courtyard. And when you're looking outside, like you wouldn't even know how beautiful it is on the inside until you get in. So it's, it's very dreamlike. I did a road trip where I actually drove through. Uh, We, we drove from Marrakesh to a little town called Chef Shawan, which they call the blue city. Okay. And uh, and uh, 
you know, people like, well, didn't that scare you? I said, yeah, at first, but I was the only one who could drive a stick. So, you know, I just better like brave it because you're driving by trucks who in the United States, if they saw a truck piled that high with produce or, or taking away garbage or just like whatever they're hauling, like so piled high. Oh yeah. That you're just like, all right, I'm just making sure I'm going around. (laughs) Right, right, right. Not as great. Wow. That's awesome. That's like a really big thing. Like <laughs> driving. To, yeah, driving another in another country. Yes. Yes. I've I've only done it in a few. The only country that I am petrified to drive in are the countries that drive on the other side. Oh yeah, I've yeah, never, yeah. I've that, never that driven on the tricky, other side. Because then you have to remember, you know, it's left instead of right. Yes. <laughs> you gotta look the right way too. I'll let someone else do it. I have a friend who lives in the UK and she keeps saying, I'm going to get you to drive. Like, no, you're fine. You you do a good job. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you go. Delegate. That's perfect. That's perfect. There you go. Wow. That's neat. And then so, so, wow. So you like, you faced some pretty big fears then because you, even though you'd heard all the things and you were a little bit, you know, um, trepidatious about going into the Medina, which we're not, we're not sure if it's called that, but let's call it that for now. And you still did it anyway. And then you got the dress that you wanted and you had a great experience and you could tell a positive tale about it. Right. So, so that worked out. And then you wanted to go on this, this excursion and you were the only one that could drive a stick shift. And despite never having driven in Morocco, you did it anyway. Yeah, so did. That, that's fabulous. We did a 10 hour road trip. In yeah. And, and, and the result was, was great, you know? So that is like a testament that sometimes, I mean, unless the fear itself is, is a, is a valid one, which means it's preserving our physical form. Right. So like, we're not going to just jump off of a cliff without a bungee or some kind of device. So as long as the fear doesn't endanger us physically, then yeah, way Take to face a- it and way to yeah. have like a great outcome. Absolutely. You know, because it's just in our head to begin with. Oh, yes. Totally. You know, because then because once you get it done, then you, the realization nine times out of 10 is, OK, well, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. You know, so it's just overriding. We internally just need to override that voice, you know, that is the voice of doubt versus the voice of legitimate fear, which is like you said, don't jump unless you've got the right. bungee connected. <laughs> Make sure you got a parachute. <laughs> exactly. You know, there's a safe oh, landing. My goodness. Yes, that's so true. That is so true. So you have to tell us, Shannon, about your business. You alluded to it. You have to tell us about it, and then you have to tell us how we can find you. Absolutely. So uh, the name of my business is called yeah. Link Her In, and that's Chico there. Um, it's called Link Her In. And I primarily help uh, female founders with their presence on LinkedIn and bringing awareness to their businesses. And so I provide content creation. Uh, We create a content strategy and then I provide lead generation services. And so while we're creating content to make them stand out, we're also reaching out to their target audience in hopes to engage some form of client partnership relationship with them. And that's traditionally what I do. That's basically my bread and butter but I do have people who come to me who are like, you know what? I want to do it myself. So can you teach me how, can you teach me the ways of LinkedIn? 
Okay. And yes, I can absolutely teach you the ways of LinkedIn. I do have clients that I do trainings one-on-one. I don't do group training because nine times out of 10, you're only going to get one or two out of the group who are actually going to follow through. So when it comes to training, I'm in it with you. I'm, you know, by the time from the beginning to the end, by the time my training with you is done, you will have systems in place and I will teach you the things that you need to do to make sure that those systems stay up and running. Um, and then a fractional CMO, I come on basically as, as your like right-hand person to help you get your marketing department and your marketing up to snuff and getting it in gear. There's a lot of businesses, a lot of businesses that I've worked with in the past that don't have any form of marketing set up for their business. They're not actively writing content and engaging their audience. They're just hoping that, you know, it's the spray and pray method, you know, where they just shoot something out there in hopes that it connects. But you've got to be consistent and you've got to be persistent. You know, those are the two traits that anybody that is in business, you need to have those. And so, absolutely. but you can find me at linkherin.com. Or you can find uh, Shannon Kirkendall on LinkedIn. Uh, it's at Shannon T. Kirkendall. Okay. And people don't know how to spell Kirkendall. So you got to make okay. sure. That so Kirkendall, it's, so it's a Dutch name. Um, it looks like Kai Kendall, which is K-U-Y-K-E-N-D-A-L-L. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. All right. So Shannon, we're at that part of the show where we do our tradition. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, fantastic. All right, so the first fill in the blank is, if I am fearless, I will. That means I'm designing and living the life of my dreams. And I will take the necessary risk to make those dreams a reality. Awesome, 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 awesome. The next one is, to me, fearless freedom means. Designing and living the life of my dreams. Love it, love it, love it, love it. And the last is my battle cry is no woman left behind. Yes. <laughs> That's phenomenal. Phenomenal. Love it. Yes. Love it. Love it. Love it. Awesome. 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 Well, thank you so much for taking time out to spend with us here at the Fearless Freedom Tribe. We appreciate you. And, you know, everybody wants to know how to use LinkedIn. I mean, it's, it's there. It's like a resource and most people tend not to know what to do with it. So we appreciate you and your skill set. And I'm sure that you will have someone or some people reaching out, some women reaching out to you um, to get your, your services and implement them in their business and have them be utilizing LinkedIn more because it's uh, often an untapped resource. It is. It really is. The, there's about 7 billion people that use the platform and only six to 7% of them are actually writing content on it. Think of how right? that's a lot of space. That's a that lot is. of space that, that you would be able to come in and, and get a share of. So don't, you know, don't do the feast or famine thing where you get a couple leads and you work with them and you're like, oh, I need more money to come in. So I need to go and generate leads build a system and keep the system running. That is, that is what I do is, is, is I'm going to build a system and we're going to keep it running for you. So. Awesome. 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 Thank you, Charmaine. Thank you again. Have a great one.